Welcome to the Unguardable Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Rivera, and I am excited for this upcoming season. Uh, there's lots of roster changes, uh, injured players that are affecting the field, returning injured players that are going to affect the field, and we're going to break as much of that down for you as possible as we near this uh, this new season with uh, some team previews of a few of the most interesting teams going into the season. Uh, and with that, we're going to start with the Los Angeles Lakers, who made a lot of big moves this offseason. And uh, with me to talk about them, I have my guest, uh, Nick. What's up? What's going on? Chilling, man. Uh, before we dive into it, what do, what do you think of, uh, of what's happened so far in this offseason? It's, it's been interesting. I mean, it's, it's a lot of moves that, that have happened that I think a lot of teams weren't necessarily swinging for the fences came out pretty aggressive I mean I, I didn't predict the Lakers making a big splash like that and uh, you know it's it's changed the landscape a little bit so we'll see where that goes yeah I don't think uh, I don't think anyone expected the Lakers to completely uh, just flip their roster so they have uh, what uh LeBron, Anthony Davis, and uh, Horton Tucker are the only ones who returned from last season. And uh, let's see who they got return coming in. Our uh, in the new roster is uh, Dwight Howard, who's a returning player from two seasons ago. Uh, Kent Bazemore uh, didn't he play in the? Didn't he play for the Lakers in the post Kobe era, like right yeah. after? He was in that rebuild era where they were trying guys out. I think he was like an end of the season edition or something where he he played like the last the after the uh, the trade deadline he played a couple games and then he ended up signing somewhere else yeah they got a i remember that yeah they got a westbrook which is probably the biggest signing of them all of course uh rondo's back after he uh stole some intel from the clippers for us <laughs> um deandre jordan uh, decided to skip uh, Brooklyn, although I think they more likely skipped him. But he's in town. Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, which as a Heat fan, I hate to see him go, but we had to do it. Uh, Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, and uh, Carmelo Anthony. What do you what do you think of these roster additions? Well, first and foremost, I'm not buying the. They're too old. They. Uh... They're not going to be able to stay healthy. This, that, the other. Like uh, having a lot of depth, having too many players is a good problem to have in the NBA, especially in this day and age with the uh, resting guys and guys getting hurt left and right. Like it's it's not a bad problem to have. I feel like we have two, three guys at every position, which again, it's it's a good problem to have. It's not something that I look at. I don't care how old these guys are. Nobody's going to be asked to to carry too heavy of a load. Not LeBron. Not Davis. So I think it's a good thing that we have so many guys who played bigger roles before who are saying at least that they want to win and that they're ready to sacrifice so we'll see how that plays out but i'm optimistic going in yeah the lakers are uh yeah i don't i don't buy that old talk either um i don't think that veteran leadership is something that you know you can sell short on that's this team is built for the playoffs and to have that veteran leadership guys who have been there guys who have seen it all it doesn't hurt and then on top of that um 
I mean, honestly, yeah, they're, they're a little, you know, they're a little long in the tooth a bit, but I think the additions of like Malik Monk was big and Kendrick Nunn and still having Horton Tucker, these are young guys that are, that are going to contribute, you know, they're, you know, and uh, also the versatility of the roster. We have, they have so many wing players. Um, I see a lot of small ball lineups that they could use. Uh, there's just versatility all around from what I see. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the big, the biggest thing for me is you, you minus Schroeder and you add in Westbrook. Now, a lot of people at, at face value are going to look at it and say, oh, Westbrook, he dribbles too much, too many turnovers. He's going to take a lot of shots. I just look at the swap. Simple as this. When Schroeder was playing a starting point guard, you don't know what you're going to get. Sometimes you're going to get a guy who's aggressive, who picks his spots, and he plays well. Sometimes you're going to get a guy who's overly aggressive, takes too many shots, and that's not his game. Maybe you're going to get the guy who flat out disappears, like he did in game five, when he had zero points in 25 minutes, 0 for 9, with one assist and four rebounds. Like, you're never going to get that from Westbrook. Like, I don't care if he misses shots, he makes shots. Like, obviously, he's going to have to sacrifice. He's never played on a team where he's had two guys that would clearly better than him that are going to be like, hey, man, look, you're fucking up for us. So I feel like having that hanging over him a little bit will reel him in a little bit. But at the same time, you're still going to get his aggression. You're still going to get him, you know, doing all the little things that he does, rebounding, passing, being tenacious on the defensive end, even if it's, you know, over gambling. And I think that's where Vogel comes in to help because, I mean, People forget, Frank Vogel took a very suspect Indiana Pacers team with David West, not a good defender. Lance Stevenson, questionable defender. Roy Hibbert, limited limited defender. And he turned those guys into a, a really good defensive team who was very limited offensively, but was able to turn them into a contender. He's going to have a lot of tools with this defense that he can do some stuff with. He can reel Westbrook in, get him to buy in a little bit with the pieces he has. Anthony Davis, LeBron James, both show they're still capable of playing top-notch defense at least in spurts for LeBron I think we'll be all right you know yeah the Lakers uh I think Frank Frank Vogel's the I mean he showed it last season even even with a depleted roster they were still what I think they were number one or still or like number two in defense they were they're at least top three right yeah Lakers let's Lakers at least for so they were first in defensive rating last year and second in opponent points per game and then going back to the championship season they were third in defensive rating fourth in opponent points per game so i feel like again we have we have the pieces you're going to take out Schroeder, you're going to put in westbrook that automatically is going to turn the offense up a couple notches because i trust westbrook like i didn't trust that issue i didn't know what we were going to get and when we got to the playoffs and we saw his ebbs and flows, it came out. He's not hes not a guy you can rely on. Yeah. I know you Westbrook, know exactly what you're going to get with Westbrook, like yeah. you said. He's going down swinging, and he has the best lob threat he's ever had in Davis. So that guy's going to be going downhill, pushing the pace, getting us some easy buckets. And another big thing about Westbrook that I think a lot of people are not quite keying in on is it's going to allow LeBron to play a lot less, do a lot less. Because the same way LeBron does a little bit of everything, rebounds, passes, picks the spots when to be aggressive, Westbrook is that exact same thing. But Westbrook is ready to go. That dude's ready to play 36, 38 minutes a game, 
every game that he's even remotely healthy and then turn around and you know be ready for the playoffs so i think that it gives lebron the chance to tone it down a little bit do what he does ease into the season ease into you know playing at his at his expected level and i think for his wear and tear being he's about to turn 37 in december i think that that bodes well for Lakers as well yeah did you hear uh the news i think it came out today that uh that uh lebron's been uh, dropping weight yeah i heard i actually heard you know through newspaper articles that him and davis uh Polinka actually said davis looked really good when we saw him in the gym the other day at open workout so i mean the whispers are that they're both looking a little slimmer ready to go ready for the stretch run we we know they're rested <laughs> you know so they got out in the first round so they should they should be uh they should be coming out of the gate a lot stronger than we saw them come out of the gate this past season with that super short turnaround. Yeah, that didn't. Uh, I don't think that turnaround helped anybody that was in the top four uh, in that 2020 playoff run. Yeah. I think every single one of them had a significant injury at the end. Yeah, it still hasn't been a year since the Lakers won that 2020 championship in the bubble, so that just puts it in perspective. You know how quick that turnaround was. So what do you think of, there are also people, uh, not complaining, there are people saying that with the addition of Westbrook, this kind of, uh, I guess, clogs the floor a bit. The spacing isn't going to be right. What do do you feel about that? Well, as far as Westbrook, I feel like the way the Lakers team set up already, there's two guys that you got to kind of be careful about who you play with Westbrook and what points in the game and things like that. And I think being that one's Dwight Howard and two's DeAndre Jordan, both guys who aren't going to play a ton of minutes and only one of them is going to be on the court at the same time, I don't see it being that big of an issue because there's going to be the lineups where Davis is at the five, LeBron's at the four. Everybody can shoot. You know, Obviously, Westbrook's the guy that you'd want to shoot the least, but he's going to be at the point of attack for a good amount of that. And it's safe to assume that he's going to try to figure out ways to be effective without the ball. Because we know who's going to have the ball when it matters the most. LeBron's going to have the ball. So I feel like the biggest obstacle over the course of the season is let him do his thing in the regular season. But they got to figure out when they get into those tough games, when they play those top teams, what's he going to do off the ball? And what are those lineups going to look like when he is off the ball, but you have another non-shooter out there? Like if LeBron's going to have the ball in the clutch, you know, obviously it's going to be tough for Dwyer to be in the game. But who's to say that they're even going to try to put him in the game? Who knows? I, I feel like they're still going to start with a big at center. Probably Dwight. And for the first few minutes of a game, it's not going to be an issue spacing-wise that LeBron and Dwight are playing together. As long as Dwight's not the guy standing in the corner and someone else is setting Westbrook that screen, he'll be fine. Dwight has to set the screen. You know, DeAndre Jordan's in. DeAndre Jordan has to be the guy setting that screen because his only threat after he sets that screen is to roll. You know, you could have Davis, LeBron, whoever else spotting up on different key points of the floor. But as long as, you know, Westbrook's involved in the pick and roll and whatever big is in is actually the one setting him the pick, I don't think it'll be as big of an issue. But we'll see. Yeah, they, uh, Westbrook. All right, so he, I, I feel like he's shown us that he can, he can play off ball. Uh, when he was in Houston, he had Harden with him. Last season, his usage wasn't as high as it normally is because Beal was the main, uh, you know, the top player on that team. And now playing with uh, James and Davis, 
I think it's just gonna open him up. We saw plenty of times with Schroeder uh, that, you know, he would get drives to the basket, you know, wide open drives to the basket because of the attention that Davis and James would uh, would bring. And he would, you know, he'd have free lanes, essentially one-on-one -on -one plays against players. And like you said, Schroeder is, you know, he was hit or miss, but Westbrook, I mean, if you're going to allow him to get that one-on-one -on -one with somebody, I, I think I'm going to bank on Westbrook almost every time. Yeah, I like those odds. And I mean, people are people are reading too much into the, the usage percentages. Like for Westbrook, last year, his usage percentage was right at 30. The year before that in Houston, it was at 34. It was kind of high. The year before that in OKC, it was right at 30. So two of the last three years, he's right at the, at the 30 mark, which a little high maybe, but when you consider the, the construction of those teams, not all that high. Shooter last year, his usage percentage for us was, I think, 23. Let me double check. Yeah, I think he ended up actually having, uh, yeah, his, he had more ISOs percentage of a higher percentage of isolation plays than Anthony Davis ended up having. Yeah, so his usage percentage is at 23. So if we can get Westbrook somewhere between that 23 and 30 mark, but obviously a marginally better player, like, I think we'll be fine. I think. You know, so like I said, especially over the course of the season, guys are going to sit out, guys are going to be resting, LeBron's going to coast a little bit. Like, let this guy, give this guy the keys and let him take you where, where you need to go. You know, he's, we already, he led the league in assists last year. We know he's a willing passer. We need his aggression on the offensive end because we need guys who are, you know, putting pressure on the defense. Make, make, make somebody have to guard you so that all the attention is not on Davis, all the attention is not on you know, LeBron. And that's what Schroeder didn't do last year. You know, that was the one thing that's like, all right, man, like, you know, that little stretch where uh, I think LeBron was out and Davis hadn't come back yet. He, he, he showed like, Hey man, like I got this. And then it just tailed off after that. It was all downhill. Playoffs came, like I said, game five, the zero point game. Like we're not going to have those issues with Westbrook. He might go, you know, five for 20 a couple times here or there. <laughs> But he's going to get to the free throw line. He's going to rebound. He's going to bring the intensity up. And that's contagious. When you get a guy who's hungry, who wants to win, who's been bouncing around the league a little bit, not being able to get over the hump, you're going to get a guy who's going to come in and see, look, man, I got two of the best three players in the league. You know, I have a great defense. I have all the tools I need shooting-wise. There's no reason why I can't take a deep dive and, you know, make the sacrifices I got to make so we can come out on top. Yeah, I I kind of believe that his, you know, those those his inefficiency and those turnovers at times. I think all of that is gonna go down on this team. I I kind of have faith in that. That uh, a lot of that's gonna get cleaned up just playing with LeBron James, Davis, and like you said, you know, taking it down a notch, knowing, you know, what the goal is, what the end goal is with this group, you know. So. We talked a lot about Westbrook, but there's one guy, Carmelo Anthony. How does he fit in on this? Because uh, the one the one knock on Anthony is that he kind of isn't the best spot up shooter. And with like Westbrook, with LeBron James, most most players that are around them are gonna have to be able to spot up. So how do you think Melo is gonna adjust? Well, I think he's going to be a match made in heaven. I think uh, last year he shot almost 41% from three on almost five attempts. So, spot up shooting, and this is on Portland. 
Portland, I mean, Dame has some gravity on the on the offensive end. He pulls some guys, CJ here or there. LeBron and Davis are going to pull the whole defense. You know, he's going to have the most open shots, the best looks he's probably had his whole career. And coming off 40% last year, 38% the year before that, um, about four four attempts, four attempts and some change. I think he's going to be a match made in heaven. He's going to be what Kuzma couldn't be. And that's every so often, he does know how to go get his bucket. But if you just put that man in the corner and say, hey, man, look, be ready. You're going to get the best shots you've gotten. Give us about 20, 25 minutes a night. I think he's going to be, a, I think he's a, he's a perfect fit. He's a perfect fit. It's a stretch four. Maybe in certain lineups, I think they'll try him at the three and see what, see what they have early in the season. But for sure, he's a stretch four for us. Who's going to shoot a decent percentage. I would be shocked if he shot anything less than 36, 37%. And, you know, considering his offensive package and what he can do outside of just spotting up, I think he's a clear upgrade over Kuzma. Yeah, Anthony, uh, I also think some of the knocks that they've they've given for Anthony, like, uh, you know, his inability to play defense over the years, I think that gets fixed with uh, the team defensive concepts that Vogel puts in. I think he's going to buy into those. Uh, and I, Honestly, I don't think that's going to be an issue at all. And, yeah, like you said, he's going to, I think he's going to be able to cook. And I think one of the biggest issues that Laker team had, and, and we kind of touched on it uh, a little bit ago, was the fact that when LeBron James was out of the game or Anthony Davis, it seemed like who who was going to get offense? Like, who was going to go get a bucket? And I feel like the way this roster is constructed outside of James and Davis, you got Westbrook who can go get his. Uh, Kendrick Nunn can go get his. Uh, Malik Monk can go get his Carmelo Anthony can go get his there's you've got plenty of players who can go get a basket for you when you need it uh, that can give Davis and James the rest that they need and go get a bucket for three four or five minutes so that they could take a seat and then come back in refreshed you know yeah and I think that's the biggest challenge I mean that this group is gonna have because I mean obviously the defense is naturally going to take a step back how far back will be interesting to see through the first you know 20 games of the season but i think the real big thing to look look for is we're pretty much trading offense for defense last two years the way the team was built we were sacrificing you know ability to have guys on the floor that can that can do stuff with having hey that guy's three and d or that guy's going to hold up his weight on the defensive end now we're going to slide in some guys like monk like kendrick nunn like Melo, who may not hold up as well defensively, but they're going to get buckets. Like, that's goes without saying. They're going to get buckets. So, I mean, with the last couple years, the way that watching all the Laker games and, and watching the flow of the offense and how reliant they were on Davis or LeBron, it's going to be refreshing to be able to turn to these other guys, let Westbrook do his thing with these bench guys that are hungry that can, again, they can go get buckets. So I think it'll be... Uh, It'll be interesting to see how close Vogel can get this group defensively to the top 10. I think if they're in the top 10 with the offensive capabilities that they have, they have the potential to be really, really good. But I think it all it all depends on, you know, how that defense shapes up. Yeah, the Lakers have a crazy potential to be uh, very, very scary this season. And uh, 
with that what do you think they're you know where, where do you think they're gonna end up how many wins do you think this ball club uh gets what position in the west do you think they uh they get i think they're gonna end up around 55 like that's a number i i've keep coming back to over the last couple of days looking at everything they have the potential to go higher but i think if everyone's remotely healthy they'll land at about 55 games overall which i mean relative to the season they had last year it's, it's kind of an upgrade but they also got slammed with injuries last year so i'm thinking about 55 and i think they'll finish somewhere in the top three in the west it all depends on on, on Davis, I think he's going to be the biggest, the biggest X factor. We know we're going to give him LeBron. We know Westbrook's going to give everything he has. If Davis comes out and he has an MVP season, then obviously that ceiling goes up a little bit. But I feel yeah. like he's anything like he's played in the regular season the last two years, where he was kind of up and down and, and you know kind of coasted through. Then I think we're going to be looking at around 50, 55 wins. Yeah, I'm, I was uh, looking at it. And I went a little higher. I, I, I actually hit that 58 mark when I was looking at things. I think they're going to end up first in the West this season. I really do. I started, I, I not only looked at the team, but I also looked at the landscape of the West. And uh, I think Kawhi being hurt hurts the Clippers, obviously. Uh, Jamal Murray, I don't think he comes back until the midway point either. Clay comes back to the Warriors. I think they were they were saying around just like end of December, beginning of the year. Yeah, he's it's been weird. Like I, I hear one thing and then I hear another thing, so it's kind of like I'm not, I'm not overly optimistic about that. If you if you're looking at the top team, so what do do you really expect the Jazz? Do you do you expect the Jazz or the Suns to be number one or number two seeds again? I don't necessarily expect them to be number one or number two, but I think they're going to be in the race. I think when it all when it all comes down to it, the Jazz are going to be right there. They're bringing everybody back essentially. They have continuity. They're getting they got rid of Derek Favors, and uh, I think they added Rudy Gay. They added Rudy Gay. They added Whiteside. I'm not sure about that one, but we'll see. We'll see what yeah. the line is. Yikes! But I mean, they're they're going to be good. Like they have their core. They play they play the way they play. Those guys are used to it. They have continuity. That group's been together a couple years. I think they're definitely going to be in the fight. Phoenix is, I think, more of a question because they, they are. I don't know if Aiton comes back and plays the way he did in the playoffs. I mean, people are expecting that, but history shows that doesn't always happen. If he does, then yeah, I expect them to be, you know, competing for that top spot. But if he goes back to, you know, up and down like he was last season, looking like he was maybe you're going to have to get benched to close games, then I don't know. I mean, I think they have they have continuity. They just came off a finals run, so you know their confidence should be high. They should be streaking a little bit. They didn't lose anybody key. So I think they'll be in the fight. And I have less concerns about, you know, their injuries than I would say the Lakers. Same thing with the Jazz. Like, I feel like I'm more comfortable with the Jazz injury situation than I am the Lakers, per se. So just by that alone, I think they'll be in the fight. Uh, healthy, obviously, I think the Lakers will have the best record. But again, that's that's with LeBron turning 37, Davis coming off of a, a season where he ended it not playing. Like, I think they're going to be a little cautious. I don't think they're going to be, you know, trying overly hard to get that first seed. I think they feel like as long as they're healthy, they can beat anybody. They will beat anybody. So I, I think the Jazz are going to come off firing. 
think the Suns are going to come out firing. Because those guys know, those groups know, if they don't get home court and they end up playing a Golden State or Lakers who happen to be peaking toward that end of the season, I think it's game, set, match. I don't like I don't like them, uh, you know, going deep in the playoffs as much as uh, they did last year with, with this new season coming up. So I, I expect them to go for it. Yeah, I think uh, I kind of have more faith in the Jazz to try and get back into that first slot. But I definitely think that uh, the Lakers will probably end up making that happen. Uh, I think going into ceiling and floor, I think we're both in agreement that uh, championship is the ceiling. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And... uh, what would be the floor to you? What would be their floor for you? I'm thinking second round. I think last year, you know, because of how everything played out, the injuries they got, the timing that they got them, that late seed really was more damaging to them than they thought initially. So I think, you know, they're gonna they're gonna try to get in, in one of the top four seeds. Like I said, I don't think they're gonna strive for first, but they know that they don't want to be down below the, the bottom of the standings and dealing with the play and nonsense at the end of the season. So I think they'll be in that top that top three. The floor, I mean second round, I think they're gonna they're gonna beat whoever's whoever's that first round matchup. I'm looking at the bottom of the West. And I mean even best case scenario, they get like a Denver or Dallas or the Clippers or something like that toward the bottom. They're gonna destroy one of those teams in the playoff series. If they're close to healthy. It's gonna be a four one you know, 4-2 at best series. So, I think they'll definitely get out of the first round, you know, unless we have, like, again, a major injury. But even then, the team's a lot deeper. It's a lot more guys playing. Last year, Davis went out. Uh, that was that was it. You know, there was no faith in that in that group to, to make it happen. We were pretty much, you know, lighting a candle and hoping Dennis Schroeder turned into something we know he wasn't. You know, this season, if even if Davis or James was to go out, I think we definitely can still get out of the first round. Like I feel, feel pretty confident about that. So I'd say second round is worst case scenario. Something goes wrong, somebody gets hurt, or something like that. Yeah, injuries. When I was trying to think of the floor, all I could the the one thing that kept popping into my head was, well, they could get knocked out here if they have this injury, or they could get knocked out here if they get an injury. And all I kept coming back to was injuries so <laughs> their floor is really just dependent on health you know i i don't think i think their floor i guess if they run into a bad matchup or you know let's say i don't know say the golden state warriors are cooking and clay thompson comes back like clay thompson and they're looking like the old warriors and they meet them in like the western conference finals and it's just a bad matchup then you know, maybe there, I, maybe a Western Conference Finals would be a floor for me, even if they were like healthy, you know, just a, but I, I couldn't, I can't really see anything other than injuries stopping them from getting to the, to the finals this year. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. I mean, going into this year, no Kawhi Leonard that takes out a major chess piece. Golden State's still really iffy with the Clay Thompson situation. So that takes out another chess piece. So we're pretty much hopeful that either, Golden State gets their guy back, and he's ready to go, and he's playing, you know, to the potential that we know he can. Same thing for the Clippers. We're hoping for these two teams to have these scenarios for them to be competition with the Lakers. Same thing yeah. with Denver. We're hoping yeah, with Jamal Murray. he comes back and he's who he was. 
if any of those things don't happen, who's left to take them out? You know, you're looking at Phoenix. Uh, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I bet money on that. Utah, same thing. I don't know if I bet money on that. And then Dallas, mm, I don't know if I bet money on that. So all in all, it's just looking like if they can stay healthy, they, I like their path better this year going to the finals than I liked it last year with everything that happened. So, I mean, I think I think they'll be all right. Yeah, mm-hmm. even if you took Westbrook and you put him, I think if you put him on last year's team and kick Schroeder out, they probably get to the finals. I don't know if they beat the Bucks, but they get to the finals. I think they could beat the, they'd finish that Suns team off. And I think they could beat that Clippers team with Kawhi being out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, and this lineup, this roster is a way better overall than they had last year. So, there's just guys the limit for them. Yeah, there's just so much more scoring, so many more options. There's so many points in last season where, you know, middle of April, we're watching a game. Or I mean, I'm sorry, middle middle of like February, we're trading, like we're watching a game, and we're on the road, we're struggling, and LeBron's literally the only guy that we're relying on to to get us out of this, this hole. All those days are gone. Like, we're not going to get those, you know, second night of a back-to-back in a city that we should beat these guys by 20 where LeBron's tired. He's literally the only guy in the fourth quarter that can make a shot or that can create a player that can get something going on offense. Those days are gone. We have four or five guys now off the bench, just off the bench, that can do that. We'll have Westbrook. We'll have Davis, hopefully healthy. You know, we got our, our, uh, our rim-running bigs. Like, I think we'll be fine. We'll be in a lot better shape than we were this past year. We were able to squeeze out a lot of games that were looking iffy because LeBron is LeBron. So I think we'll be fine. Yeah, I think we might uh, we might be back to seeing LeBron James sitting the whole fourth quarter of games or getting out with the last like three minutes in the third and then we just don't see him again. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping. I'm really hoping because, again, this on paper – People are going to look at the age and whatever. But looking at the production and where these guys were last year, if we can get close to that kind of efficiency, not even the, the, the raw per game numbers, just the efficiency from these guys, we're going to be in we're going to be in for a good season. Because everybody's going to be able to take a step back as far as the load they were having to carry. And that's when, like, Davis starts to get scared. When you don't got to play this guy 42 minutes on the first night of a back-to-back because we're playing a top team. And then you got to play him again tomorrow because it's another top team. When you can scale that back, he can. He doesn't have to be in for an entire quarter because he's the only guy that can that can make gravity on the offensive end. Like those problems are gone. So I feel like you know guys will be a lot more refreshed. The loads will be lightened a lot for all of our stars, role players too. Come in, you have one job. You know, play defense, and then on the offensive end, you know, do what you do. So hopefully he empowers these guys. We get a good scheme defensively that these guys can uh, can lock into, and hopefully we come out of the game fire. Yeah, I'm super excited to see what happens. So I'm gonna be locked into Laker games <laughs> all season long. I'm gonna have to make a trip to Staples Center at least a couple times. I have not watched LeBron James live yet. I've I've seen Kobe live. Yeah. And I need I need to see LeBron. I didn't get obviously I didn't get to see Jordan live, but uh, I seen Shaq. 
you know i just, i need to there's some guys that you just gotta see before you know it's their time yeah westbrook is another one i feel like that experience live is gonna be uh, a blast oh yeah his i'm sure you feed off of his energy just being in the crowd i'm sure it's wild i would have loved to have been able to go to an okc game back yeah, in the day because sure. that was like a college atmosphere out there with him doing all of that especially those playoff games they'd have all, they'd give out the shirts for those home games it would just get insane in that thing. oh yeah that was yeah that was super hype um but what's your what's your expectations for what's your expectations for lebron ad and and westbrook really this season like what i i know earlier you said ad ad maybe playing at an mvp level um lebron playing a little less i feel like uh as far as like mvp and stuff like that i feel like those days are over for lebron i think it's more of a pick your spots and like I said, figure out that dynamic between him and Russ. Who's going to do what at what points in the game. And once they figure that out, I feel like we'll, we'll get to see what LeBron we're looking at. I mean, obviously, he's still going to give us 20, something around 7-7. Seven and seven. I'm guessing around 23, 7-7. Seven and seven. Westbrook is the one I think is going to come up a little bit. Like last year, he his scoring went down, obviously, playing with playing with Bill. And his role changed a little bit. Sufficiency wasn't the, wasn't the greatest. He's like right at 22 a game. I think he's going to be back up with over 25. I think we're going to need him to, you know, as far as you know, his shot volume being the same, like right right around that 18, 19 mark, and you know, just pushing the pace and, and you know, spearheading the offense. Davis is the one that, I mean, I would hope that he comes out. He's he's certainly young enough to give us that, you know, trademark MVP caliber season. He hasn't had one for the Lakers yet. Both of his regular seasons have been, I wouldn't say subpar, but I mean, subpar for him. You know, his first year, he was at 26-9. I think last year, he was at right about 21-8. So he's, his efficiency's good. His three-point shot took a nosedive last year. I hope, you know, that comes back up, especially with the way that the roster's constructed for this year. But I think if anybody's going to make an MVP run, it's going to be, it's got to be him. He has to, you know, his approach to this season has to be He's mad. He's 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 upset about the way things went out, and he's out to prove his point. Because if we get that Davis, then all bets are off. Things start to change. The, the whole dynamic of the team, our potential, how scary we can be. But I'm not gonna invest in that until I see signs that it's coming to fruition. So my guess for Davis is, if I had to predict, you know, a, a stat line for him. I think he's going to come in right about 25 a game. Hopefully he ups his rebounding back closer to double figures. Maybe not quite double figures, but closer to double figures, considering they're saying he's going to be playing more center. So that should give us, I mean, he gives us a 25 and 10 season. I'd say I'm a happy camper. He hasn't been, you know, that since since two years ago for that that shortened season that we have. So we get back there. At the very least, it may not be an MVP season, but it'll be a season where we can we can we can walk away with close to sixty wins. LeBron, like you said, I think he's gonna take a little little bit of a hit, um, as far as like points and all that. But I think his assists might end up being a little closer to his uh 
10 assists a game two years ago not that he's gonna hit 10 but i think instead of like seven he might be leaning a little bit more towards eight or nine um even though Russ, i feel like russell westbrook is going to have the ball on a lot of situations i don't think lebron necessarily will change his game but he'll just be an even more willing passer than he had to be last season you know and be a little bit more like he was in the 2020 season uh as far as ad goes i mean all signs are saying that he's you know gotten stronger over the off season and he's looking healthy and ready um i think you're right an mvp type of season out of ad is a something we can hope for and at the very least you know 25 and and 10 some double digit rebounding numbers would you know we could we'd be ecstatic for uh and then with westbrook uh i've kind of been like back and forth with that uh, just because if with with westbrook I, I understand that westbrook is gonna end up you know we're gonna rely on him to have the ball more especially in the regular season where it come when it comes to uh you know trying to keep the ball out of lebron's hands as much you know giving him a rest and all that but uh I think Westbrook as well is gonna, you know, we, we might see his number, his scoring numbers maybe sit at around 21, 22 still. And I think maybe that AD is the one who gets the bump if that's the case. But uh, I think we get MVP, Lebr like MVP style LeBron isn't gonna come until the playoffs. Like that's when we'll get that LeBron, but it's just surviving the season. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, again, I think the thing with Westbrook is going to come down to minutes. The last couple teams he's played for, regardless of the coach, regardless of the city that he's playing in, he's been at about 36 minutes a game. And with his aggression, I think you're you're automatically penciling him at over 20. Just because he plays that many minutes, he's going to get some shots. Up. I think if we can scale back the threes a little bit, mark up the efficiency, that's where I could see him maybe making a little bit of a jump. Mm. But uh, basically getting get basically getting more points for you know having less misses like yeah, getting less, better looks at the basket exactly. being more efficient better looks overall not having to not having to take so many four shots so many end of the shot clock shots and stuff like that him and Bill were were, were in a mess last year with that team though they really threw those guys out there with a G League roster and they had to do way too much way too often I mean this Laker team is a complete opposite. He's not going to have to go out there and say, hey, man, if I don't get a bucket this possession, the next possession, the next possession, how are we going to make this comeback? Like, th Those aren't going to be things that, are, that are, he's going to have to be worried about on this Laker team. He's going to be able to scale back his you know, over-aggression, just be himself, come out, push the ball. And I just think just off of minutes alone, he's going to create opportunities where you know, he's going to be he's going to be in that in that in that range i wouldn't be surprised if he was sitting at the same spot because i do expect his efficiency to go up a little bit contrary to what most people are saying yeah i feel that uh let's uh let's close this thing out with x factors uh who do you think are the x factors for the for the lakers i have three in mind um you named one of yours earlier uh, so I'm assuming our, our list is going to be a little bit different. So I'm curious, who, who are your X-Factors for this roster? Uh, I think the biggest 
deciding factor how the season goes is going to be Davis. I mean, like I said, if he comes out guns blazing, we're, we're going to be in for a fun ride. If he comes out and he's looking so-so, like he's come out the last two seasons, or like, uh, I don't know, then we'll see how it plays out. So, I mean, obviously, him being the, the, the young star on our team, the guy that's supposed to take the mantle, he's probably number one for me. After that, I think it's going to come down to who's playing the two on this team. Like, I know we're going to go into Cam, but we're going to sort things out, but who's going to be the starting two guard on this team? That's going to be the biggest question for me personally going into training camp and going into this regular season because all the other pieces like we, we know what these guys can do we know what this guy brings we know what this guy brings but who's starting at the two and in what capacity so if i had to pick two more guys i would say i'm looking at taylor horton tucker and i'm looking at kendrick nunn as two possible possibilities for that spot and i'd say you know between the two depending on the shooting, depending on the defense and things like that, what he wants to do with the six-man spot, how he wants to do minutes. I think it's going to be an interesting thing to watch as the play, as the preseason, you know, kicks off. Yeah, I went um, I went all role players with this one. Um, the first one I had was Malik Monk, and for the same reason that, that uh, you had thrown Kendrick Nunn in there for, uh, who's going to play the two? And uh, if Malik Monk had a career year last year, uh, he shot 40% from three. Um, like we said earlier, he can he can create shots. Uh, he's good. In, he's gonna be good in transition, running with Westbrook. Uh, he can suffer from inconsistencies, but that was in that was in Charlotte. He's not gonna he's not gonna have to you know do as much here. I think if he can shoot the same clip. And give consistent play and maybe he ends up being that starting two guard i think that's an x factor uh kendrick nunn as well is my second one um for the same uh the same reason for monk not that i would have him starting at the two but for one he can he can shoot better than westbrook which was needed if you're gonna have westbrook who can't really shoot threes you're gonna need a point guard that's backing him up that can and not only that kendrick nunn can play off ball and on ball and he, so he could play with uh, with Westbrook as well in some lineups. So I think that's going to be interesting to watch as well. And then uh, Horton Tucker is another one. He's been improving every year. And I think the big thing where he can make his mark will be on the defensive end. And actually recently, I think it was like a day ago, uh they had a little interview with frank vogel and he basically like put that challenge out to horton tucker in that interview um saying you know he wants to see what he ends up doing on the defensive end this year and how he can improve on that and continue to contribute and i think if he you know frank vogel has shown that if you if you put work in on the defensive end he's gonna give you minutes and i think we could see you know, big improvement from Horton Tucker, if that's the case. Yeah, and again, this guy's a this. He's a defensive genius. He's gonna he's gonna put whoever works hard and applies himself to what he's trying to do. He's gonna put them in a good position to have a good defensive season, and he's gonna have a really good front line behind him. He's gonna have LeBron, Davis, and you know Dwight or DeAndre Jordan. You know, so whoever is gonna end up starting at that two guard is gonna have the tools he needs to go out and 
be a disruptor and be a hustle guy. You know, it's going to come down to that defensive effort and whether or not they can shoot at the clip that these guys shot last year. Because Kendrick Nunn was another one. He shot the ball really well last year. Monk shot the ball really well last year. Port Tucker is probably the weakest link as far as shooting goes. But, I mean, it's a new season. Let's see if you put in the work in the offseason. Let's see what you come back with and show us for this year. Yeah. Also, who on this team is going to be that guy who who covers the premier point guard, two guards out there? You know, there's, you know, who on this roster is going to be that guy who who steps up and takes those matchups? Uh, I think that's a perfect spot for Horton Tucker to slide in on. Yeah, I mean, if, if I can be a dreaming man, I would, I would say Westbrook. I would hope steps up does that he has all the tools to be a really good defender i think mindset and his approach have been his biggest flaws the last couple years gambles way too much goes for you know gets lost a little bit gets 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 lackadaisical on that end but if he can really really buy in and vogel can really get him to commit on that end he has every tool needed to be a, a defensive monster for us i mean it may be asking for too much it may be you know on the optimistic side but if i had to pick a guy you know just looking at that roster and their capabilities that's who i would ask that's who i would challenge yeah he uh that i mean he definitely has the energy (laughs) he has the energy and effort to be a top-notch perimeter defender uh so you know I guess we'll see what happens. There's there's a lot of we'll see what happens <laughs> around the NBA this se- this upcoming season. And uh, I'm excited for it, man. Yeah. Uh, thank you for coming on to the show, Nick. And uh, I plan on having you on here a lot more often. All right. Thanks for having me. We'll be seeing you next time.